Hey, Dr. Kelly, I just need to share this win with you. Even though I wasn't able to do the full parasite protocol this month, this is the first full moon where I haven't been ravenous and craving sugar. I think I must have killed off enough of them to stop that problem. I'm going to do the revised protocol that we talked about for July and August and see if I can get those suckers gone for good. Thank you for your help with that. Aaron. I have taken Benadryl for 15 years just to fall asleep and stay asleep. This past month, I started my plan that Dr. Kylie created. I've slept better than ever before with no Benadryl needed. Susan. I hope you've learned as much as I have from this podcast and from this season. If you've enjoyed it, the best compliment I can receive is a review. In fact, leave a review and I'll thank you for it. Go to drkylieburton.com backslash crack your thyroid code and get the 60-minute thyroid workshop on me. I'm also in need of your help. The concluding episode in season three will be number 100. My goal is to hit 100,000 downloads before the year is over. To help get there and spread the message that normal labs really can provide answers, healing, and hope, I'm doing a drawing. Share any episode of the podcast on your social media. Tag me in it and you'll be placed inside the drawing. There will be gift cards with the grand prize being my three-month Detox Done Right kit. We will perform the drawing as soon as we hit 100,000 downloads. Spread the message of healing beyond the diagnosis. Have you ever wanted me to create a personalized supplement plan for you? What if through your normal labs, the labs you already have, you got answers you've spent hours, even days searching Google for? I'd love to help you do that. Go to drkylieburton.com backslash book and let's get started. This opportunity will be gone forever after Thanksgiving. Yep, it will no longer be available after November 25th. Give yourself an early Christmas present or even gift it to a loved one. Walk through the doors of opportunity before they close on November 25th, right here. drkylieburton.com backslash book, B-O-O-K. Let's celebrate your success next. Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast with me, Dr. Kylie. Whether you have a diagnosis or you don't, I don't care. We're going to help you get to the behind what's causing your symptoms using those normal labs. And today we're going to talk about intermittent fasting. There's a huge topic of conversation, just like keto. Intermittent fasting can be done right and it can be done wrong. And there are some tremendous benefits for doing it. Today, I have an intermittent fasting specialist coach. Her name is Susie Mendoza. She is a certified health coach, personal trainer, and mom. She helps women by sharing the simple, natural, low-cost, often free health strategies to inspire them to help themselves and stop neglecting self-care. You can find her on Instagram at Susie Mendoza underscore and also at her website, Susie Mendoza Health. Susie, you ready to talk intermittent fasting? I am ready. I know before we were, we hit live on this recording here, we were talking a lot about your health history and your journey, both as a mom, but also navigating motherhood with helping yourself. Walk us through, because I know so many moms listening to this fall in our shoes. How do we help take care of ourselves, but at the same time, our focus is always our kids. Right. And I couldn't agree more, which is that is just my heart and my mission is helping women because we do, we neglect ourselves so often. We're so busy as moms, wives, having our career entrepreneurs that it's usually not until sometimes even a diagnosis maybe we don't know, that we really start to take things seriously. So we can start practicing self-care, I believe, in ways that will be the most beneficial when we start to utilize simple strategies that don't stress us out. So those easy strategies that I really like to emphasize are things that 
will eventually become no brainers. Things that don't feel complicated. Complicated is out. We want the simple. Most people don't want to go do the research. They don't need the PubMed article to be told that things like intermittent fasting are beneficial for them, especially for women, especially for busy moms, I'd say. Whenever I do get to work with my clients, the first thing we always want to cover when we talk about intermittent fasting is, well, what is it? This has become such a buzzword. Everybody, you could find a magazine and you'll see something about a celebrity intermittent fasting now, but what exactly is it? It is definitely something that isn't the sexiest thing to market unless you really want to try to attach supplements to it, which you really don't need. And that takes me back to that free and simple, which really is what this is. When you break it down, the meat and potatoes are not complicated unless you're trying to sell it mainstream, then they get it all confused, but it's really a simple strategy. And that's why I like to utilize it. It is free and it is super beneficial and effective for women, especially. When you say it's super beneficial for women, are we talking weight loss, hormone balancing? Like, what are we talking here? So what we're talking about is, well, first I want to address what IF is before we even jump to the benefits, if that's good idea. So before we jump to all the exciting, fun stuff about it, let's just break down what is IF you'll see often intermittent fasting And simply put, this is just eating within a set period of time. That's it. It's a set period of time. And what that would look like is a super simple structure. Most people follow something called a 16-8, which I like to say it's really an eating ratio that's flipped from the normal, from our standard American diet. Our standard American diet and what most of us are doing is We are resting at night, right? We're getting our eight hours of sleep and then we're eating consistently throughout the day. That is not something that is serving anyone in the house, I'd say. So what a 16-8 ratio, which is flipping, we're actually going to be fasting for 16 hours and only eating for eight. That would be our eating window, eight hours. What that would typically look like is let's say you wanted to fast tomorrow. This evening, you would have dinner. We'd have it at an appropriate time, not too late, about six, seven o'clock. When you're done with dinner, you are done eating for the evening. That means no dessert, no extra late night snacking. Oh, popcorn. Popcorn. I have so many people that say they always head for the ice cream, which if we're craving sweets, that's usually linking to something else. But you practice the discipline of not eating anything when dinner is done. And Let's talk the- about the, the craving sweets before you go on really fast. For me personally, if I know that I'm craving something, you know, you go open up the pantry door and you stare at the pantry for five minutes because nothing sounds good, but yet you want to eat something, grab water first. It's usually thirst. And second, it's usually because you didn't eat enough during the day. Correct. So trying to fit in all these calories that you burned during the day, but you weren't fueling your body with. Okay. 100%. 16 hours, 16 hours. And with foods that were satiating foods that were really not empty calories. They were, they were foods that were actually filling you up and you were eating until full, which we'll get to. So at the 16 hours, eat your dinner and then you're fasting. You start your fast. The beauty of intermittent fasting is most of it. It happens in your sleep. So of course you want to be getting good quality sleep. You do want to get those solid eight hours plus. And when you wake up in the morning, you're then simply pushing out breakfast. So you're not going to go grab for, you know, your oatmeal, your smoothie, whatever it is you may go grab for it. You're just going to push that out until about 10 o'clock. And at 10, 11, if we're following this 16, eight fasting window, then you'll break your fast around 10, 11 o'clock. And really? Yes. It's that that means I like intermittent fast every day. I just don't know it. I think that is the beauty of this as well. Most women are doing it and they don't know. I always tell my clients this because I always hear, well, I can't fast. I'm going to get a headache. I'm going to get the shakes. I'm going to pass out. So you tell me how many times have you gone throughout the day and you've said, 
gosh, I've been so busy. I haven't eaten anything today. That's half the reason why I don't eat breakfast till 11 o'clock in the morning. And Sometimes, you know, it's lunch or I'm grabbing lunch at noon or one, or it's just like, I'm busy in the morning, getting the kids ready and getting myself ready that I don't have time to eat. But I do tell myself, you know, if I don't have time to eat, well, I'm just intermittent fasting. So it's good for me. And then I get on my meals later on down the road. But when you think about that 16 hour time window, how many of us are naturally doing it? So many of us of us are, we don't realize it, but that's when we're going to get into how we intermittent fast correctly. And then how we kind of throw it all down the drain, which I'm sure you could already guess what the answers to that will look like, but I I don't know. You'll have to share with me because I'm intrigued about this. This is why we're having this conversation and why we're about to share the conversation because so many of us are in my shoes. Yes. I'm a doctor. I'm very educated and I'm very good at what I do. When it comes to intermittent fasting, I just hear things like everybody else. We hear things. So let's let's get down to the nitty gritty of the 16 and 8 and how to do it right, why we should do it right, which is what we're talking about, the 16-hour window where we're not eating. Right. So we pretty much address the 16 hours where you're not eating. It's dinner, bedtime, fasting is happening, waking up pushing out breakfast, and then we break our fast. So it's really important to just know what you break your fast with is key to having this be successful and for you to reap all the amazing fasting benefits. What we would want you to do is eat three meals during the day. So you'd eat three good quality meals with whole foods, eating until you're full We're not counting calories or macros, which is another beautiful part why this works so well for women. We don't have to worry about if we weighed our four ounces of protein and if we measured a cup of oats, you are eating whole quality foods. When you are eating whole quality foods, you don't have to worry about any of that nonsense. We keep this so simple. It just will become second nature because I guarantee, as you stated, Most of us, most women, we're so busy, especially if you're a mother, you're skipping breakfast already. And so it's really not that hard. It isn't. We make this way too complicated. I can say that we overcomplicate it. I like to say we future trip. We worry too much about what's going to happen when it's not. Nothing bad is going to happen, except maybe you're going to just lose some weight and reap some really great other amazing internal benefits from this. But if we were to follow through with this 16-8, you would eat three meals, three meals that are satiating, that have protein and fat in them is the first way you'd want to break that fast. You'll eat those quality meals and then six, seven o'clock, cut dinner off. You stop eating at dinner and the cycle continues and you can intermittent fast again tomorrow. You could skip a couple days when you're just new in the beginning. I always say to start slow. But in a nutshell, that is how simple this is. Let's do a grading scale just for fun. Okay. On on foods that we can eat to break our fast. Start off with my break my fast food from today. I had a protein shake. Okay. On a grade level of A to F, where would we put that? I would say, tell me more about your protein shake. What was in it? What type of protein was in it? I don't have it on me. (laughs) So let's pretend it was a Catabo shake from systemic formulas. So that's what 70% fat, 23% protein and like 7% carbs or something like that. I would say that's excellent. You want to have a protein and a fat since that's already a shake that carries a lot of uh, fat in it. You could still add, you want to add a little bit of coconut oil, a little MCT, avocado. You just want to make sure that you're having a nice amount of protein and high quality fat. So that would be totally acceptable. You don't need to even add a banana or a scoop of oats. You don't want to put carbs back into your body so soon. Let your body continue to run off of fat, which ultimately is what happens when you intermittent fast. That's where the fat burning kicks in. We switch over from being a sugar burner to a fat burner and Most of us who are in pretty good health, we do that fairly easily. And those that need a little bit more help, then maybe you do need to try keto first. You do need to become a little bit more fat adaptive, get a lot more healthy fats in the diet first so that you don't transition into intermittent fasting and feel lousy. You want to feel good. 
as I said, most of us are already doing it. So it's not that hard of a transition. There's a lot of doctors that'll say, no, no, you need to be a hundred percent fat adaptive. I would disagree. I'd say, especially for women, most of us are already doing it and we're doing just fine. And even the ones that believe keyword believe that they can't do this, they can, you can push through the shakes. I hear a lot of hypoglycemia. Well, if you just continue to not eat, don't fuel the body with sugar and carbs, you're actually going to get past feeling horrible. And the more fat adaptive you get, the more fast adaptive you become. And this really becomes such an easy thing to do. The hypoglycemia portion, which is when your blood sugar drips low and you start to, you know, I always say, do you ever go from a seated to a standing position and get lightheaded? And the be, yeah, okay, that's when your blood sugar is dipping, probably lower than 85 on the lab number. But a lot of times that can be correlated with what are they eating in that eight hour period? Because you're either going to set yourself up to fail or you're going to set yourself up for success. I but before we get into that, let's keep going with some more breakfast foods. Sure. Breakfast is like the hardest meal of the day. One, because we're all running out the door. And two, it's like, it's just sugar, waffles pancakes, cereal, it's sugar, it's carbs. So what do we rotate that out with? The most common breakfast we have at my house is something to do with eggs. We have a lot of omelets because they're fast. They're easy to make. We do a lot of breakfast burritos. What would be some more suggestions on a grade A or B? I love if tolerated. Out? I love if tolerated an egg and avocado. If you have some veggies, throw them in your pan and you're done deal. You can continue to piggyback on that. If you really want to feed the gut from all that beautiful fasting that happened overnight, a little bit of kimchi or some type of fermented kraut tastes amazing. I do that when I want to really feed my gut eggs. I think eggs are kind of king here. If tolerated, they're just so easy. And another piece to this, because like you said, breakfast is so just sugary, sweet oriented. Most of the time, carby that you don't even have to eat breakfast when you go to break your fast. If you make it to 11 o'clock, which you 100% can and will, you're looking more at lunch. So you could have a fatty salad. You could have a piece of high quality protein with some vegetables. And you don't have to even stress the breakfast junk if breakfast just maybe isn't your, your thing. But a protein shake, that's good quality. I have a plant-based one I drink as well, that with a little avocado in it, a little bit of extra fat, some kind of a nut milk, super simple to do. What about kids? Do you ever recommend kids fasting? Gosh, so this is such a, a sensitive topic, but I will speak from my own experience. My kids, 100% fast. My kids actually are the ones that tell me why do we have to eat in the morning? I'm not even hungry. And it's like, yes, you're listening to your body. You know, our body's always talking to us. Sometimes it's screaming. Sometimes it's whispering. We just need to listen because that instinct we have really, we tend to say, oh no, we're supposed to have breakfast. So therefore here, let me, let me put some waffles here for the kiddos. They need oatmeal. They need cereal. And it ends up being 90% junk for feeding our children most of the time. And I'm, I'm guilty too. Sometimes we have to do cereal when we're in a rush, but as especially getting out of this season, we've been through with many children being at home this past year, virtual school, my kids were fasting up until 12, one o'clock and they were great. They were fine. They were in class learning. And I think that they were so successful because they had no snack time. <laughs> they didn't have to, you know, scarf down breakfast before getting to school at 7:50. It works beautifully for children too. It's up to the parents' discretion, of course. I would never uh, fully advise it. That's just not my place. Speak to your own yeah. doctor. But as a mother, speaking from a mom to mom, your kids can totally fast. They don't. They See, do my kids would be the complete opposite. <laughs> The four-year-old and even the one-year-old, if I can determine how good their mood will be that day, depending on what they ate for breakfast. Right. So for me, it's worth getting out the sausage and the bacon and the omelets and and whatever that's going to make them set them up for success that day, but also make my life easier because I don't have to deal with the crazy mood swings. So it really is just dependent upon the kids. 
And I believe the age is huge. Your children. Yeah, my kids are younger than yours. Four and one. Younger, right. When my children were that age, we ate breakfast. And I'm not trying to villainize breakfast by all means. Children do need it. They're still growing. Children do not need to intermittent fast the way we do. But can they? Will they be fine? Absolutely, in my opinion. I just think back like to my high school days where I had class at 630 in the morning and it would have been so much nicer for me. That's just one less thing I had to worry about. Just tell myself, I'm just going to eat at lunch because I'm intermittent fasting. One, it's good for blood sugar levels with those crazy hormone chaos teenagers. And I'm sure you can tell us many more benefits, but learn per kid. Don't just say, well, my kids do this. I would say which child needs what method. And then we're the same way, whether it's easy for us to have. I mean, I don't intermittent fast every single day. There are times where I'm eating breakfast with my kids at eight o'clock, but there are also times like today that I didn't get to it till right before we started our, our call, which would have been 1130. So now I can say, well, intermittent fasting, that's good. I also think it's good to mix things up because our bodies don't get used to something. Thousands of years ago, when we were the hunter gatherers, I mean, we ate per season. We ate what food was available, and now all foods are available at all times. So, if we can rotate things and shift things through, it can be beneficial in a lot of ways. And intermittent fasting, I think, would be one of those. It's a great tool and strategy, and I 100% agree. We should not intermittent fast every day the same way we should not do anyone diet every single day, the body needs variation. We didn't used to ancestrally eat the same exact meal every single day at the same exact time. That's just not realistic. You know, why are we now trying to do that all the time? We don't need to do it. And matter of fact, I enjoy feasting on the weekends. That's when I have breakfast with my family and we really sit around a table or we go to a nice brunch and we enjoy a good meal together because Food is, there's a social aspect of food and we should never neglect it, which is another reason why, as we talk about what intermittent fasting is, I feel it's really important to also point out what it isn't. Yes, let's do it. What intermittent fasting isn't is it is not just simply forgetting to eat. Yes, we intermittent fast. Oh, come on. That's me this morning. Well, it does happen when, when we forget to eat, but my, my reasoning for saying this is we want to go into intermittent fasting with thoughtfulness. We want to be mindful. And that's because you want to be fueling the body, right? When you do go to break that fast, if it's just forgetting to eat, you're gonna probably end up not making the best choice by the time you do get to go eat. That's when a lot of people I hear, they finish that sleeve of Oreos because, well, I didn't eat all day and I was just so darn hungry. Well, (laughs) the body's going to crave sugar and carbs. Of course it is. That's why it's even more important that when you have a plan or at least an idea, Hey, I'm going to fast today. And I'm definitely going to make sure I have a little avocado, a little bit of, you know, a salad with a good amount of, you you have to plan ahead. You have to plan ahead, but yeah. I feel like it's not a stressful planning ahead. It's not prepacking these crazy meals where things are weighed out because I've done all that. I've done the old school kind of bodybuilding stressful way of frequently eating seven times a day to not lose muscle and rev that metabolism. Does it work? Yeah, it works for some. Does it age you super fast? Yes, it ages you super fast. So if you want to feel great and optimize longevity, then we intermittent fast. Another thing intermittent fasting is not, it's not punishing yourself for a bad day of eating. Yes. Also not deprivation. In fact, when you start to just do a little bit of learning, a little bit of self-education, intermittent fasting is the furthest thing from deprivation. You're actually thriving when you are fasting. So to think of it in those ways, I think it's really important to know what it is, what it is not. And it's so therapeutic. I mean, weight loss is kind of the bottom of the spectrum. We all go to things for the weight loss factor. It really becomes glorified, which is an amazing thing. But when you get into the therapeutic benefits, uh, the deep ones of fasting, I mean, we can shrink tumors, type two diabetes, follow just a little bit of Jason Fung's work. And you'll see he is reversing type two diabetes with intermittent fasting. So the scale of benefits is huge. And I feel like weight loss, it almost sits at the bottom when you just learn 
all the other amazing things that happen when you do fast. So it is definitely not just only I forgot to eat or, you know, a deprivation diet. Like a lot of people say, it's not a diet. This is a lifestyle and it's a lifestyle that you don't have to practice every day, but it's just a lifestyle tool that, you know, you add into your tool belt and it really is beneficial, especially for women. Yeah. And to think about it, it is a lifestyle to where, you know, I didn't know much about this has been very helpful for me. The more I learn about the right way of intermittent fasting, the more I'm a fan. And especially when we can take a little burden off of our, off of us moms and just say, you know what, I'm going to intermittent fast today just because it happened that way, which means I'm going to be, I'm going to pay more attention to what I actually eat when I'm eating it rather than just eat because I can or eat because I need to. I'm going to take a break, not worry about my breakfast, take care of the kids, take care of myself, run my errands, come back after running my errands. And then I'm going to really focus and sit down and actually chew my food up and pay attention to that and let my day go by. Yes. And I think that that's the beauty of it too. And it does create a really nice sense of mindfulness. When you do go to eat, you're being a lot more mindful because you're like, Hey, I just did this amazing thing with my body now and I get to eat. And I think that's the thing too, is, is I get to do this. My body gets to operate this way. This is the way we were designed in my opinion to eat and to really to implement this into as a lifestyle. It's not a diet. It's definitely a simplistic way of eating in my opinion. Yeah. What about water? Are you allowed to drink water in the 16 hour fast period? A hundred percent water. If you start to feel a little achy, put a little bit of sea salt in that water, boost those electrolytes, or even just stick your finger in some and put it on your tongue. That's another easy way. Coffee, black, absolutely okay. Herbal teas, great as well. Technically, depending who you ask, you could get about 50 or 60 calories won't break the fast. Now, if we were water fasting, that'd be a totally different story. But since we're talking specifically about intermittent fasting, you can even possibly, if you're testing now, and I'll explain what I mean by that, you could very well even have your coffee with a little bit of cream. And so one test, if you're concerned about the hypoglycemia and also test, if you really want to have your coffee with a little bit of cream, it might not interfere with your fast. If your numbers don't change within a ratio of, I believe, under five, you absolutely can have your cream with your coffee. Are you talking like just a finger prick yes, to get your blood glucose? Uh, yes, a finger prick. I use the Keto Mojo myself, especially when I was first really wanting to go deep with my fasting and learn what my body was doing. And another benefit of actually just doing a finger prick is you get to see the role food plays on your body. And it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Cause that's immediate with the blood sugar. Yes. So there are some people that can have their coffee with a little bit of cream. I'm one of them. I praise the Lord for that. Cause I really don't <laughs> like black coffee. I'll skip the coffee instead of having it black, a little bit of heavy cream did not change my numbers. I think I stayed at like 87. So that's how you determine is the blood sugar testing finger prick yourself 10 yeah. minutes after 30 minutes after so you want to test your glucose first thing in the morning. You want to see where you're at, have your cup of coffee, however you like it. Of course, if you're going to stick sugar in there, you know, your numbers are going to change. So let's be wise. If you want that little dash of almond milk, coconut milk, or heavy cream, test it, put it in 30 minutes later, check that glucose again. And if it hasn't gone up, I mean, I'm saying within five, within the five points. Yeah. Yeah. Within the five points, you're good to go. And the ideal fasting blood glucose numbers for anybody who's listening, 85 to 100. That's your set window. If you could be in that set window all day long, perfecto. Right. Beautiful when that happens, right? Yes. And that is a benefit. Side note, I know we haven't fully gone into the benefits, but lowering your, your insulin is huge benefit of fasting too. Lowering the insulin, stabilizing the blood sugar. When it comes to hormones, that's the number one thing you have to fix first. I don't care if people say, well, I don't make progesterone. I need a progesterone pellet. You might, you might need some cream, but I highly doubt it. If you balance out the blood sugar 
and fix and reboot the system, you're set. So one of those easy ways, simple strategies, free intermittent fasting, 16, eight, that's your ratio. What are some other ratios out there? And would you recommend any other one? Yes. So there's the 18-4, which I think a lot of- 18-4, like 18 hour fasting, four hours eating? Yeah. You're only going two hours more past that 16. You can do it. And it, yeah, and it happens. It, it sounds, again, sounds crazy. Sounds complicated. It happens all the time. And you're totally fine. Nothing wrong with that. The beautiful part about if you can make it, make it to 17 hours then you turn on autophagy when you hit hour 17, which is really, really amazing. What is that? So autophagy is when your cell, it's like your cells taking out the trash, all the old cellular debris, it gets eaten up. And it is just such a beautiful natural process that you can stimulate through fasting again, which is so cool. So amazing. That's the body's natural process of getting rid of old cells and building new ones. Autophagy. Autophagy. And we hear a lot about autophagy and it's pretty intense when you really hear what's happening in your body, but it's pretty amazing to know that, wow, I, I fast and I can turn this on. Wow. And it's free, (laughs) like no injections. This, this just happens. My body cleans itself up and takes out the trash that I don't need and helps me rebuild. This is, this is pretty fascinating stuff. And it is, I can't say it again. It's free 99. Can't beat that, right? Well, it's something our body naturally does. We're just promoting it. Right. The more we think about our natural processes, like as we're sitting here and you're listening to this, your heart is pumping, your lungs are breathing, your blood is going around, and it's just natural. Your liver is detoxing. Like our bodies are incredible things, and yet we are so harsh on them. And especially in the world that you and I live in or people are taking 50 zillion supplements to try to navigate this symptom and and boost the glutathione and and blah, blah, whatever the reason is, it can be so simple as just forget the supplements for some time. Heck, I don't even take supplements daily. I take a few when I need them and that's it. But you can incorporate these food strategies to get the same benefit as taking a supplement would. And it's your natural processes. I agree. And if you are fueling your body with whole foods, non-processed foods, and you are being mindful when you're eating, you're actually eating your meals slowly and you're enjoying them too, which is, I feel like a side benefit of fasting. We're not trying to scarf our meals down. You actually really sit down and enjoy your food just a little bit more than you normally do. Then you're just stimulating all these natural things that the body can do. And it's whole foods and fasting you really don't need many supplements if you're practicing those two things. Yeah. Don't let the supplement world tell you though, because it's a multi-billion dollar industry and they want you in on it. Right. Which is again, fasting is a strategy that you do hear a lot about, but then again, it is not the best to always promote because this is something free. This is something that you don't have to pay a dime to get your body to start you know, reaping the benefits and just doing what it was naturally designed to do. However, there is a very, very small subset of people I want to touch on who should not fast. Of course, I think it's important to note this, this pregnant and nursing women. Yes. As well as anyone with eating disorders, we just don't ever want to create negative food patterns. And I also like to mention teenage girls. Boys too, maybe, but I think girls even more so that young teenage girls, although they probably end up fasting so often, however, they're not breaking their fast, right? I'm sure they go all day without any food and they're breaking their fast with a bag of chips at school unknowingly. (laughs) That group follows the most culprit to not eating enough. To not eating enough, not of course eating the proper foods, but also to really possibly developing just a poor relationship with food. We never want to have any type of negative relationship with food, especially at that age. So can young girls fast young teenage girls? Of course they can. Of course they probably do it. We just want to either teach them how to do it right, but also make sure that they're doing it for the right reasons again, which is why I always like to cover the, what fasting is and what it is not. It's not a diet. It's a lifestyle tool. 
most of them aren't quite at the maturity level to properly feel their body right and do it as thoughtful as we would want them to, but it happens. And I just don't overly promote it. Yeah. That age group is tough. The worst case of eating disorder I've ever seen was a 12 year old little boy. What had happened after his mom finally figured this out, he saw a friend of his who was on the bigger weight side at school get made fun of. And he said right then and there, I'm never going to be fat. Holy hammers. It was like, I went up to high altitude camp with the track team, the high school track team, where they train at 10,000 feet elevation for a week. And it was the night of nutrition that I was doing. And out of everything that I had said, I never said a word about dairy, but the only thing he got out from it was that he needed to drink skim milk. So one, they're only us humans. We're only going to listen to what we want to listen to. And then we'll create in our heads, whatever it is that we need to fill in the gaps and not me, not saying a word about milk still led him to tell himself that he needed to drink skim milk. Then on top of that, I did a, I wanted to introduce them on how to read a nutrition label and determine, you know, yes, you see this hundred calorie pack. That's not for you guys. You're running 10 miles a day. You're eating 1500 calories a day and then wondering why you can't make it through an entire season uninjured. So I gave them that pack and then I gave them things like a protein bar or a fat bomb or, you know, things like that, where they can determine the difference in the numbers on the labels. And with this little 12 year old, I literally said to him, I want you to open up every single package on this table, take a bite of every single one and tell me which one's your favorite. And then I'm going to tell your mama to go buy his (laughs) own. It was just so hard. He was literally 12 years old and such this distorted view of weight and body image and food. And it was like, anybody can fall culprit to it. Anybody. And especially when they're so young and impressionable, we just, once again, we never want to plant a seed where food has anything negative attached to it at such a young age. We just, we don't want to start these negative food patterns. Yeah. Okay. We've done it. What is intermittent fasting? Let's focus on the 16-8 rule. Maybe if you want to stretch it to 17 and kick that cellular autophagy in, that would be awesome. I'll have to try that next time. Pay attention to more of my, when I'm going to stop eating, when I'm going to start eating at the clock, what it isn't, and what are some benefits? So some of the benefits, we spoke a little bit about where it helps to balance hormones. We talked about insulin. The beautiful part about insulin is that it does lower insulin. And when insulin goes down, our human growth hormone goes up, which is a positive thing. Also, we see detoxification happens. Weight loss, that's kind of the glorified one, but weight loss does happen. We do start burning that. So essentially what does happen, which is why so many keto fans absolutely love to intermittent fast too, is because you're turning on your fat fuel. You're running off of fat as to sugar. So you have better mental clarity. You're giving digestion a break. A lot of people will find that some of their, their stomach upset, some of their digestive issues, they go away when they fast. Because when we're constantly shoving food in our mouth, which we all tend to do in our standard diet and what we're even what we're being told to do, if you had somebody write you a meal plan to this day from a big box gym, I guarantee you they'll have at least five meals plus snacks in there. And I'm not saying that this doesn't work for some weight loss strategies, but is it the best thing for your body? No, we need to give that digestion a break and intermittent fasting is a beautiful way to do this. The body needs it. We should not be eating all day, all the time. I also like to point out the big one, like I said, type two diabetes, I think is just up there at the top. Again, Dr. Jason Fung's work. If you follow any of it, you'll see how fantastic intermittent fasting is and longevity. When we're eating all day, again, it goes back. We are definitely not fueling our body and we're not helping our cells to function 
at their best. Optimally, we are actually aging ourselves and we're consistently eating throughout the day. So you really do break that snacking. I always say, give back the snack. Can you snack in your little eight hour window? Of course you can, if you really need it. You'll find that if you can stick with those three meals and you're eating really satiating, high quality, whole foods, you don't even need a snack. You're full until that next meal because you're eating until you're full. So the benefits of not always snacking, which snacks tend to be sugary and carby, you're cutting that out. And just that alone is a huge weight loss boost. Yeah. I always tell people, if you are going to snack, make sure you have a protein and a fat with your carb. It can be as simple as if you want an apple, put some peanut butter on it. That's how simple it can be, but don't just eat the apple because it's going to spike that blood sugar and drop it back down. And then if you are eating three solid meals in an eight hour period, I mean, think about that. That's only three hours apart. And some people find that they, they do too. They do two meals and that's totally okay because again, you're eating food that fills you up. You're eating until you're full. You're not portioning out your food and you're only allowed this much at this time. You're eating a good solid meal. And a lot of people will find they only get their two meals in two meals, three meals, just have them be high quality food. That's the biggest part. That's the most important part. You don't want to throw all your fasting work down the drain with a drive-through. You want to make sure you have high quality foods. Love it. All right, Susie, as we're finishing up, any last words of advice on intermittent fasting? Yes, I think that this just goes back to taking the time to set yourself up for success is really the key here, because I think we've established intermittent fasting. It's not so complicated. Most of us are already doing it, are easily will be able to do it. So just do a few things to set yourself up for success. Get support. I know when I personally do extended fasting, I do water fasting a couple times a year. I have my family support. So if you're new to intermittent fasting, let your family know, let your loved ones know, Hey, I'm not going to be eating breakfast this morning. I'm pushing out my eating window. So let's not eat such a heavy meal or don't be wondering why I'm not eating with you guys. So just getting that support. And if you don't have a supportive family that understands why that they go back to all the myths, we kind of debunked what fasting isn't, they think you're depriving your body and you're starving yourself to lose weight. Then you know what, there are so many outside resources for support, get in a fasting group online, Facebook, I currently have one going on, I offer these throughout the year, well, I just want to pour into women how simple this is and beneficial. And I will undergird and support you in that. It is important. Get a book, educate yourself while you're doing this. The best form of success usually comes when we just start to dig deep and educate ourselves just a little. That helps clean out the pantry. Why set yourself up to start fasting and then not really clean out the pantry? Stock up on good quality foods, preferably organic grass-fed wild-caught sources of protein, lots of veggies in the diet, high quality fats. So set yourself up for success there by making sure the pantry looks good and the refrigerator looks good. And then lastly, mental prep, mental and emotional. This can be taxing for some people. Of course, if you have an underlining, you know, health issue or disease, if you are really struggling to lose weight, you tend to be obese or on on the really, really just the far side of your health where you really want to be, this can be hard. So you need to set yourself up for success for those people. There's also a subset of women, the type A's that work out really, really hard that are go, 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 go. You may struggle too. I'm not saying this is just easy breezy for everybody, but it can be, you will fast adapt when you got up to walk, When you rode a bike for the first time, you fell and you got back up and you didn't quit. So don't quit on yourself. The rewards are huge. Can't stress enough. It's free. (laughs) And so if you just mentally and emotionally set yourself up, hey, this might be kind of hard today. Stay busy. Staying busy helps you to really uh, succeed in this as well. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't overstress yourself out with what you're doing. Know that the body's healing, have gratitude for what it's doing for you. And you can pay yourself back by, you know, filling your body with whole foods, but just set yourself up mentally and emotionally so that you will be successful. 
Don't just kind of give it a random go. Actually do take the time to prepare yourself. You don't always have to jump in strictly to 16 and 8. You can do 14 and 10 or 12 and 12. Like Just start somewhere and then work your way up. If I wouldn't be able to do 18 and 6 right now, I would have to go back and start where I am already and then work my way up at a conscious stream level now that I understand it and know that I can do it and how to do it right is a big thing. Start slow. And I tell anybody new to this, start slow. Try it just one day, just one day consciously where you are aware, not like, oh, just this kind of accidentally happened. I mean, if it does, and then you're feeling your body right, you heard this podcast, amazing, more power to you. But try two days, try three days, and then be sure that you are practicing that variation. That's super important. You do not want to be fasting 24 seven all the time, intermittent fasting. Some may say it works great for them, but I, I believe that with women, with our hormones, we need to actually remind the body as well that we're not starving by having bigger carbier meals, time with family where we enjoy where, where this isn't really a restrictive way, in my opinion, at all of doing any, this eating style, it's, it's very non-restrictive, but some may feel it is in the beginning when you're just adjusting to it. So start slow and definitely practice that variation. The variation is key. We want to be coming out of feast and famine. We just don't want like a straight line. Just think about coming up and down, up and down with this. There's ebbs and flows and practice different styles. You can just, like you mentioned, shorter, totally fine, totally fine. Remember that most of it's happening in your sleep. That's a really cool part. And just go slow. Try it for a day or two. See how you feel. If you want to test blood sugar, test it. If you want to get a book, get yourself educated. It's just going to help you have more success. And the most important thing, Susie is right there to help you along doing this. Go join her Facebook group. Susie, where do we find that? I have a current Facebook group right now called Fasting 101. I plan on running a couple of those a year. So when they are happening... You can find me on Instagram at Susie Mendoza underscore, and you can always shoot me a DM there or just find what is currently happening. I also have for all of our listeners, just because I do want to set you up for success. If you go to SusieMendozaHealth.com slash guide, I have a gift for you. And that is a fasting guide with some of my best tips and strategies just to continue to help you going and have fasting success. So that is SusieMendozaHealth.com forward slash guide and pick up my free guide. That's my gift for you for listening and for, hey, taking a step forward and an active role in your health, especially ladies, try intermittent fasting. I promise you, you will definitely fall in love with this simplistic health strategy. I love it. All right. Finish us off with a success story of one of your clients. Yes. A success story. I actually, gosh, I have a few. I even have one. I'm going to go with my husband. He is my best client. (laughs) Usually they don't listen. So that's good. (laughs) And they don't actually, he was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis and we had really been through a rough time. And so to save a lot of that story, I will say he was given a diagnosis that was pretty grim. He needed to take a chemotherapy pill the rest of his life. They were told if you want to be symptom free and live well, I questioned that I knew that right then and there that there had to be there had to be other solutions to this that were beyond this chemo pill called method. When when you say for the rest of his life, that to me is a red flag immediately. Amen, sister, that to me is a red flag right then and there I felt I loud and clear. God told me this is not going to be for him for long. He did give it a a shot. Horrible symptoms. He was already losing his hair and he's young. He is under 40. This just did not make sense. How my healthy fit husband, this cannot be a life sentence for him. I dug into the research. We started with fasting. Intermittent fasting happened after other forms of fasting, but I can say that he practices it. He has seen the benefits in his own self of how therapeutic this is. And we go back into those deep therapeutic ways that fasting heals what it does for cellular repair. 
And it's been four years. He has not been on that drug. He has been extremely healthy. And I piggyback this by saying, we listened to our gut. We did not just take what we were told. And fasting has been the number one therapy modality that I really feel God has given us the wisdom to be able to use in our life as a strategy. And it has been life-changing and that's kind of a more dramatic story, but intermittent fasting, he does it all the time. I know that this is just a healing tool that is helping him stay free and clear of that diagnosis and the pills, the medication. Yeah. Joint pain gone joint pain gone. He felt like somebody was in his own words, punching him in the eyes. He was actually lost his vision almost to where I had to drive him to work. We looked at it in a scope. It looked like a cat had scratched the whole front of his, his eye. It was bad. It was really, if you saw him, you'd wonder, gosh, what's wrong with this poor guy. It was, it was just really even tough to witness, honestly. And we've practiced other things, of course, lifestyle strategies, trying to reduce stress and all that good stuff. But fasting was one of the first strategies that happened in aiding him. And I believe that is truly what God allowed to heal him. Other success stories, women. I have so many women that they lose weight within the first three weeks. You can expect about 10 pounds off on average. And Right there. I have most ladies running to me. Tell me, how do I do this? <laughs> I want this guide. <laughs> yes. All right, guys, go get the guide. SusieMendozaHealth.com slash guide. It will all be in the notes below. Thank you, Susie, for joining us. I'm probably more of a fan of intermittent fasting now than I've ever been. So you did your job. Good work. Oh, thank you. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm so happy to share this. I'm deeply passionate and hey, The simple is not always easy, but it is free and it is so worth it. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast as much as I have. In fact, this podcast has become one of my favorite things to do in my business. Why? Because I learn as much as you do. If you've learned anything or felt empowered and had answers come from any episode of this podcast, please share it with a friend. And if you go into whatever listening app you listen to, give it a review that helps other people find it. I would like to thank you for that review. Go over to drkylieburton.com backslash crack your thyroid code and get my free 16 minute thyroid workshop on me. Thank you for leaving a review. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for sharing it with a friend. I'll see you on the next one.